This is Gav Thorpe, and you're listening to Radio Free Istvan. Heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the War Master Horus and his three brothers, Materian, Fulgrim, and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless after the Emperor's favored son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionnaires survived the onslaught thanks to quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Radio Free Istvan. Uh, this is your host, Michael, and I have my co-host, Ryan, here with me. What's going on, guys? What's going on, Ryan? Man, uh, we're actually coming to you guys out from Victoria, Texas, and Ryan's actually coming in from Indianapolis. What's the weather look like up there, Ryan? I don't know. I'm a basement dweller at the moment, and I have no windows, so I can't tell you. But uh, when I pass by the door on the way down here, it just looks like a you know an average early summer day. So <laughs> sunny, looks hot and humid out there. I had to go get cinnamon rolls this morning, and... Like it was already ninety degrees, and it's only like it was only like nine o'clock in the morning. Texas man, we don't fuck her, we don't <laughs> fuck around when it comes to summer. Yeah, we had a little bit of a uh, weather break this week, so I think one day it was in the mid seventies, which was nice. It was still humid as hell, but I think it's starting to heat back up, so it's probably in the mid eighties out there right now. We got all sorts of people like on Facebook and stuff like showing off their. Uh, uh, how hot it is by cooking cookies in their car and stuff like that. And one dude made a couple steaks on the on the road on a on a pan. So that's that's pretty funny. <laughs> like it, it's just so hot. But yeah, we don't have to deal with that. But we do get the winter. Yeah, no, we it's it snowed once here since I lived in uh, in Victoria. I've lived in Victoria my whole life, and it's only snowed one time reliably like all the other times it's like that weird like snow that doesn't stick yeah and it's well, like, I'll, I'll shoot you some video uh we got a gopro camera i can hook into my truck on one of my because my my road's kind of crazy like the pe- people drive on my road for the first time they're like what the hell because i live up on this big hill and the road is the the crest of the hill like the ridge line so you, it's real windy and it's like the, you know it slopes off to each side so there's like these ravines on each side so we'll it'll you know it's not nothing to snow here you know six inches foot something like that. I mean every about every year you'll get one crazy snow that's a foot. It's not super common, but you usually get about once a year. But I drive because I work second shift. I'm driving home at like midnight or you know it's like pitch black dark and you just have your headlights on and it, there's snow and because of the time of day usually the roads aren't plowed so you pretty much have to have a four wheel drive. So I'm like driving on like fresh snow a foot thick and. The road's surrounded by all these trees, and it looks like you're driving through this weird snow tunnel shit. It's pretty crazy. So I'll send you some footage. It'll blow your mind. That's crazy. I wish I had crazy footage to show, but it's like all the like crazy weather phenomenons here are just like old Heat. people old people dying in their car. Like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot, these people died. <laughs> like just, this weather killed a guy. And it's like such such common news. Like, like 84-year-old man died in his car today. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that sucks, but... Well, he had a good run. He had a good run. <laughs> he, sh- he shouldn't have been out. He knew the sun was out. 
but <laughs> they're like vampires. They just go out and turn to dust. Oh fuck, I'm old. Uh, dead. Dead. Yeah, it's uh, old people and broken windows for people trying to save dogs, which I totally agree with. If I see a hot dog like in the car, like choking to death, your window's getting busted all day. Like that, that is like every summer, that is the news. Old people dying, people busting cars to save dogs all summer. <laughs> but I don't know. So yeah, weather aside, man, which we both got to look into each other's little climate situation we're dealing with. Yeah. What you been working on, dude? What's your, what's your hobby progress looking like? Well, um, you know, last time I had the big list, but since it's only been a week, I'm building a, right now, like as we're talking, I am currently building a Hell Talon fighter. It's like the 40K Chaos fighter that looks like a barbecue fork. Hmm. And um, I'm building it as a counts as, uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it a Lightning or Xiphon. I'm looking at ways to convert it. Um, I actually have a... I don't know how I ended up with it, but I have just the rotary missile launcher off of a Xiphon. I don't have a Xiphon. I just have the rotary missile launcher. Oh, okay. So I might look at a way to mount that on here and just make it account as Xiphon. I think it'll, it's roughly the same size. It's just sort of different shape, but I think it fits a lot better with my word bearer force. Um, if it, to any of you out there have seen it, it's very, you know, it's very chaos. It's, you know, just like, and it's kind of weird because the way I did all my tanks, I put all those candles and, uh, like, puree seals and, like, all kinds of, like, parchment and stuff on there. It's hard to do that to a flyer and take yourself serious. Like, why, how's your plane have, like, a whole bunch of candles on it? So Chaos. <laughs> Chaos, that's why. <laughs> so they're a lot harder to convert. So this actually makes a lot more sense because it's got all the, the trim on it, more like the modern 40K stuff with the built-in Chaos stuff. So anyway, I think it'll match my... Word bear is pretty cool. Plus, I've I've just always loved this model. It's a really really awesome model, and it just gave me an excuse to get one and build one. So that's pretty much that. And then um, been working more on my militia. I lay uh, got it all out and primed it, which doesn't seem like that's a big deal. But when you have to prime like 170 models, <laughs> it takes a while. Good so I. I posted, I think you may have seen pictures that I was posted on the uh, little Facebook chat or whatever we got. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I did that. I've been off all week, so I haven't really done a lot because I've been home, and my, my me and my wife both took the week off, so we've just been like working in the yard, doing whatever. Um, <laughs> I spontaneously bought a new truck, so that took a whole day to deal with that. Um Stuff like that. So I haven't, I, I've just been, like I said, working on this plane, you know, working a little bit on my militia, uh, played a few games, and that's really about it. Not not a whole lot of progress. Man, How talk, about you? Talk, I've talked about that game a little bit here in a minute. Okay, we can do that. Uh, Man, honestly, I've been working on my Blood Angels, man. Uh, just getting them ready for Golars. Uh, I kind of announced that, you know, I was going to kind of step back from the Mechanicum just because of how much heart I have in, in these uh, Blood Angels here. And so I got the two Ironclad, the Mark IV Ironclads. I uh, got them put together and painted with the first, well, I mean the, I guess, three coats of red. That's uh, your, little, uh, your little concoction that you came up with there. 
So they're all painted up red. I mean, I could completely play with them, but their their lenses and stuff like that still need to get painted. They need decals, and uh, you know they still need to be. I need to get some secret weapon bases for them. But uh, other than that, that's pretty much the only two things I worked on. I completely changed up my work area. I think uh, the the people that are listening can't see it, but you can see. I moved my uh, my little workstation into here, my room, the little studio that I have, so I can just like turn around and go work. Because it's always like me going in between these two rooms. I had a room that was like dedicated to like Warhammer stuff, and I just like consolidated it to one room. Because like this was like a dedicated studio for like podcasting and stuff like that, and like recording people. Now it's just all Warhammer all the time. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, I've been uh, working on those Blood Angels. Uh, still kind of. Like, still two attack bikes behind. I need to get that. I have the Outrider bikes. I need the actual attack bike portion of it. So I need to go ahead and get... The the uh, sidecar. The sidecar. Yeah, I need to go ahead and pick up a couple of those kits. And I need a Delegatus model that makes sense that he'd be leading a legion of just pissed off dreadnoughts. So, I don't... I don't really know what model I'm going to go with for that. I, I might actually try and pick up that new Praetor that Games Workshop released with the, well, I guess it was uh, Forge World was in Games Workshop. The, the Tartarus guy with yeah. the Paragon Blade? Yeah, just because he looks bulky. He looks yeah. like he'd be hanging around with Dreadnoughts, you know? I don't know. Or maybe some Cataphracti Terminator. And you could do the, the Neric, the uh, Iron Warrior guy, because he doesn't really have anything that makes him stick out really as iron warrior the pravian character and he's kind of a he's kind of a bulky model and you could uh like you know do like a head swap and maybe some arm swaps or whatever and make him blood angel he's a cool model i might have to do that because i have the forge world i have the primus medicae and both of those are mark four armor like they're all right i guess but yeah i'm gonna have to go look into that model that seems like a really good idea actually that sounds like good, 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 good call, Ryan. That's why we. That's why we. <laughs> that's why we discuss these things. <laughs> so yeah, I gotta like before between now and Golars, uh, I have seven drop pods, a another Leviathan Death Blossom, and a Forge Lord Primus Medicae, and a Delegatus that I haven't even ordered yet. That I'll have to paint up. Mm. It's gonna be. It'll be a challenge. That's on the 23rd of that Golars event. Already UTFL, UTFL guys with your Leviathans, you're like the, like, my game club is bikes. Like, we, like, everybody has a million jet bikes and bikes. And you guys, like, seems like every one of you guys has a ton of Leviathan dreadnoughts. It's pretty funny. Hey, dude, I'm telling you, they, they, uh, they're expensive, yes, but they, uh, they bring, they get their points back almost every game. Yeah. I've not, I've actually not, I got a Salamander one. I get the, the shit version because salamanders are such nice guys. They can't use the phosphex. Uh-huh. So I get the diet, the diet Leviathan. I have it um, airbrushed, base coated, but I haven't painted it yet. Um, I kind I want to build a blood angel one like yeah. you. So I can put the nipple assault cannons in it and be pretty rad, Does but it, it doesn't, it doesn't super fit with the, the list that I'm running for my blood angels right now. But I may just build it anyway, just to have it. It'll be a fun model to build and paint. 
Uh, I'm actually going to switch. I used the assault cannons uh, like you. No, not like you did. It was uh, somebody on Heresy 30K. They took the they cut the assault cannons off the Terminator arms. Yeah. And then they put them on there, and I was like, yeah, that, lo- that looks good. I'm going to do that. And then somebody came, and they cut off the new uh, rotary cannons for the rotary... Uh, I, I don't know what the variant is, but the new ones. It's the one that's that they hold by the down by the waist. The the brand new ones that came out that have right. the hand, the hands molded onto them and all that for the Kalth guys. Yeah, but it's got the uh, the heat shield, the heat little thing on the front of it. You know, right? It's like the one on my tank, the uh, the Hellhammer I built. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so the like a guy from the Heresy Thirty K forums put that on his nipples. <laughs> on the on the Leviathan nipples, <laughs> and yeah, and it looked so good, dude. Like it looks, it looks so good there. So I was like, well, now I gotta break my shit off. But I'm, I'm totally, I, by the, yeah, that's another thing that I gotta order and get in here. But what, what's cool about using the MK, the Mark IV Ironclad, is yep. they they have the little area underneath yeah because the the guns the guns aren't on the arms they're actually on the torso like where your like where the bottom of your ribs would be on a human body i guess exactly so i saw that and i was like man that's fucking perfect just like the just like the uh the leviathans you just like slip those rotary cannons under there and like that that was a problem i was having with the games workshop model was i was putting the assault cannons underneath the arm itself for the power fist but those assault cannons stick out so far, it didn't make sense. Like they'd basically have to smash their assault cannon to get to use their power claw. And so I was like, yeah, well. Just say they're on a rail, they retract. So like they slide <laughs> out in the shooting position and they slide like the predator claws. <laughs> but it's assault cannons. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know why they retract and all that. There's no reason I could, sh- <laughs> I could shoot them from where they are. But. But yeah, so so that was a problem I was having with the Games Workshop one. Uh, you know, the Contemptor, I just made the uh, the 3D printed assault cannon that goes inside the hand, yep. which upon purchasing the the Magos kit, the Dragnovac guy. Yeah, he comes with a little assault cannon thing that fits in the front of his little abeyant thing. Yeah, so like if you're listening out there and you're trying to figure out how to get your... Uh, Get your Contemptor Dreadnought some assault cannon hands, some dirty hairy hands. Then uh, go find your your uh, your Mechanicum buddy who didn't use the rotary cannon <laughs> for his abeyant. Because yeah, you can you might be able to find one on eBay too. I don't know or some bit seller. Yeah. So I, I I did all the trouble of like three D casting it and like getting like honestly the three D casting way like I, I modeled it in one two three AutoCAD. And then I had it printed through Shapeways, and like it worked out. It looks great, but then at the end of the day, I'm like paying fifteen dollars a hand. And I'm like, ugh, it looks cool, but I'm not made of money. I just play war games. Yeah, so. you're so. definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could have a whole model for fifteen dollars. So, yeah. but yeah, man, that's a uh, so. Really, I, I got to get some of those rotary cannons ordered. I got to get those on the way. Um, but yeah, dude, I've I've really just been like hitting it hard on my Blood Angels, man. I got to play a game with them, so like it was totally exactly how I expected them to work. And it was it was brutal because the list I was playing against was not prepared to fight dreadnoughts. 
it was not his fault, but still, like, the list was exactly brutal. As as brutal, like, you know those games you play where you have, like, so much fun because you won so, won so hard? You're like, man, yeah. that was super fun. I feel bad, but I had a lot of fun because... Those are... I feel bad, like, usually if I play a stranger, like, if I go to an event and play somebody I don't know, I don't want that to happen, but if it's against my friends, I, you know, talk a lot of shit and rub it in, like, for months on end until we get to play again. Oh, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, it depends, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, I was going to ask you, are you running, because uh, I have those to build, and I also ordered the bits that I need for the box dread challenge from the uh, Varangian Heresy box dread challenge for yeah. Scan- for Scandis. Are you going to enter in that or it's not, it's not due <laughs> well, to October. Put me on the spot. I know I, <laughs> I've already built like I have all those salamander dreadnoughts. I already did a long time ago. I just don't really have an army. I want to do a dreadnought for, um, see, here's the thing. I have these word bearer ones that are in bits that I could build right now, but they use the, the chaos, uh, hell kit for 40k so that's not on their list of things i can use nope so maybe i can just take pictures of it and just send it <laughs> and the, just so people are like here's a cool model it's totally disqualified but this is what i built that's exactly what i would do if i was so in their shoes that's probably what i'll do i'll just paint one of the like because I, I built and converted these hell drakes or hell drakes hell brutes to use as my word bearer box dreads um so they match more with the uh Maragal dread you know exactly. but they're like the box version yeah so it'll match the army and look cool but it's not on their list of approved kits but who cares i'm not one for rules so we'll just <laughs> for those of y'all out it. there that are listening and are interested in the rules uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh if you listen to the varangian heresy podcast uh they are having an event in october called scandis and what they're having is they're having a it's a it's called the box dread challenge and they have an email you can send pictures of a box dread basically you got to take pictures of when you started the box dread and then when you finished the box dread and you can only use the games workshop uh, dreadnought chassis which is a mark 5 i guess the uh forge world ironclad mark 4 and i checked with them and they said that yes you can use the forge world mark 4 non ironclad if you get a hold of it which I don't think it's on the Forge World site anymore. If you're listening to Swedish guys, let me use the Hellbrook kit. It's just a chaosified box dread. Just let me use it. Yeah, just use it. Don't even. Sh- don't. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Did I did I tell you what I was gonna do for him? Have I mentioned? What are you, what are you gonna do? Okay, so I ordered the Ironclad kit, right? Okay. And then I ordered the Rifleman dread arms, the two auto cannons, the right and the left. In yep. the the Mark V variant, which kind of sucks because it's going to look a little weird, but the you know the Ironclad comes with those little shoulder plates, so I'm hoping that I can basically cover that up. Yeah. Uh, so, but the only thing I didn't like about the Rifleman Dread is you know now that we play 30k, we got all these badass auto cannons. So mm-hmm. you look at the old uh, the old Rifleman Dread. He's got those little stubs for auto cannons. Whenever you compare yep. them to the skinny like french girl version of the autocannon now yeah and so i ordered uh the contemptor dreadnought autocannon arms okay the real big long one yeah and so with the the muzzle brakes on the end yeah yeah and the the heat the heat displacements or whatever at the the tip the, the end of them yeah yeah the heat fins i guess 
And so I'm going to trim those down and I'm going to trim off the uh, the stub auto cannons and I'm going to put those in the place to make it look like a true Mark IV auto cannon guy. Okay. And then uh, what I'm going to do is, and I'm, I'm going to need your help on this. And if you're listening out there and you think of some way to help me out on this as well, but I, but I really feel like Ryan's going to know immediately, like as soon as I tell him, I want it to look immobilized. Okay. So I want this dread to be immobilized on its base, right? And I'm going to title it, Only in Death Does Duty End. And it's going to be a Mark IV Dreadnought Rifleman with the twin autocannons looking up shooting. And I'm going to make it look like he's been immobilized in that spot but hasn't stopped shooting or given up. And I just want piles and piles of uh, shell casings on either side of him. Like he's just been stuck in the same spot. Just, you know, like when you have that Dreadnought who's immobilized. Yeah, so... That's my plan, and that's what I'm going to do. I know what I would do. Yes, yes. Oh, you're so clutch. Okay, so the, you know how the lower part of the box dread has like the plate that goes over the shin? It's like the shin plate? Yep. So the, the forge-rolled ones, it's actually, I believe, molded into the legs. You don't glue that on separate, right? Or mm-hmm. is it separate? The plastic kit, it's separate. No, it doesn't yeah, it's, it's, it's molded on, and you just put the okay. feet on. Okay, so if it's molded on, just get your clippers and clip that shit off. It can look nasty. That's the point anyway, because it's supposed to look like it's broken. Right. Um, the plastic version, which I have some. If you don't have one, I can send it to you. Oh, I got some. Just separate. So break the resin one off. Just throw the bits away. You don't need it. Then take a plastic one and like you know make it look like roughed up and like lay it on the ground next to the leg, like glue it on the base where it looks like blasted. Like it's been blasted off. And then the underneath part of the leg, right behind that plate. It's like little pistons and like the actual like what would be like your uh, ankle bone or whatever. Like take few a few of those pistons and like because it's resin, you can clip them in the middle and like heat it and make it look like they're bent. Like the yeah. knee is seized and the ankle like it's a bit like taking this like hardcore hit to the leg. You know what I'm saying? And you got oh, the, yeah. the yeah. shards of armor laying there and the pistons like bent out, um, all that and kind of rough the knee up. And I think that would do the trick for you. Damn, dude, and I can do like a bunch of AK interactive like oil all over it. Yep, so, like, or it's it looks... like yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Are you good with LEDs at all? Yeah, oh yeah. What would be really baller is if you could <laughs> just put uh, an LED kit in there, just a single LED, where it, you mount it underneath your base or your display base, and run a wire up and put a single like yellow LED in the knee joint. Like, cause you're gonna drill a hole to make it look like it's taking a hit anyway. Yeah. Put an LED in there, and then take um, some pillow stuffing, which is how I make. You've seen my fire plumes on my Isvan board, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Glue, glue a little bit of that pillow stuffing on there and stretch it out where it looks like fire and smoke, and paint it like it, the knees kind of like fire and smoking, and then ha- get one of those LEDs that like flickers in there where you turn it on, and then it looks like there's actually like fire in the knee joint, mm-hmm. like where it's actually been hit and smoking and stuff. And then do that on top of the plate being knocked off and things like that, like we were talking about. Man, that's sweet. That's such a good idea. And I don't know that that would be too difficult. To, like I said, I, I'd say that, but I've never, I don't even know what an LED kit looks like. So me saying, oh, that sounds easy. Like, it may not be. I don't know. But it's a single LED light. Yeah. Truly, no. it can't be that bad. No, not at all. Not at all. It's uh, especially with, uh, man, who's that company that sells them now? They were at Adepticon. 
I won two of their kits and I ended up my buddy Jamie that went with me. He was my helper and kept uh, keeping me fueled with drinks and cookies while I couldn't leave the table. He was like my handmaiden, my handmaiden of 30K. <laughs> I joke about it. Uh, he treated me so nice uh, while I was playing that when I won those uh, gift cards, I won a couple gift cards from that place I gave them to him. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, power play power, gaming. Yes. And the guy's super nice. I went over there with Jamie for Jamie to pick the kits out because, like I said, I didn't know what I was looking at anyway. And um, he uh, he got two kits, and he's already received them, um, and he he loves them. Uh, so he gave it a A-plus rating. So definitely check that guy out. Real nice dude. Yeah, and I guess really I could just – because what I've done before in the past is I've hit them up on Facebook, and I've asked, like, hey – I want to do this. And they say, okay, this is the kit you need. So I feel like I could just go like, hey, I want to put a battery pack at the bottom of my base and push a button and I want it to look like this thing's on fire. And they'll be like, well, also, do you want... I guess if I'm going to be box dread challenging, I might as well just like go all out. That's a lot of resin to drill through, though. Now I think about it. What? No, because yeah. it's real close to the base. All you got to do oh, is no, put no. a drill bit <laughs> no, in the middle of the foot. I was, I was talking about like, LEDing the whole thing. Oh, like, <laughs> instead of just the knee joint. Yeah, you could do the whole. Th I mean, yeah, if you're going to do the knee joint, I was just talking about the knee joint. Yeah, no, like I, I know, I know nothing about LED and the rest of the model. I do want to mention the cool thing about that power play gaming guy is he actually had gaming knowledge. It's not just like some electronics nerd that just was like, oh, people put lights in these little toys. Like if you call him and say, I have a Warhound Titan and I want to do whatever, like he'll know what that is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like you're trying to explain 40K and what a Warhound is to somebody that just sells electronics. This guy actually, you know, knows both areas of what you're trying to do, which is pretty cool. It's so sweet. So, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll get a hold of those guys. I, dude, you, like, honestly, I knew I could, like, throw it out there to you and you'd figure it <laughs> out. So, like, I'm just like, yeah, that's something I could absolutely do. And now I'm going to go look up, like, how to make nasty as oil and like super gloss oil i'll probably use some like water effects kit with some like black ink or something inside of it to make it look like it's just like a well how, yeah that's how i did it uh because i got it on some of my tables you buy uh woodland scenics sells this resin that this water effect it just it looks like it comes in a uh like an a avian or however you say that like a water bottle you actually drink water but yeah, don't drink yeah. this stuff it's it's resin It'll like harden in your intestine and you'll be done. You'll be dead. You'll be like those 87 year old people in Texas dead. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> anyway, you can buy it and I think they sell it in different sizes. It's pretty expensive. But like you said, you can uh, actually take a legit real water bottle and pour a little bit of the resin stuff in an actual water bottle and then just put some paint in there like known oil or whatever mm -hmm. and, you know, stir it together, mix it up. So it's it's colored, and then you can because the water bottle is clear, you can see what kind of consistency you're getting, and then you can you know use that. And they also make stuff same company Woodland Scenics instead of that because that stuff's liquid and it takes a while to dry. They make this stuff. It looks like an Elmer's glue container, but it's got this resin stuff in it that dries clear. And they use it to make like say you wanted to make a water fountain where like you had like a face or whatever, like spitting water out into the, the pool of water, you can make that little jet of water that like comes out of a water feature oh, wow. onto the ground. That's real. So, so you can look at that 
Um, it, like I said, it's from Woodland Scenics. It's just called Water Effect Whatever, and it looks like an Elmer's Glue container, but smaller. You should be able to find it online pretty easy. Mm. I'm really excited about my Scandish dread now. I don't want to paint them up Blood Angels just because, you know, I've got so many Blood Angels dreads. Just one more to the list that I'll never use. <laughs> strictly, strictly for the Scandish challenge. Well, I've painted... I did my Salamander Dreadnought list, and I think it's 2,500 points now. I think there's like 13 or 14 dreads in it, and I've used it zero times. Yeah, that's all That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> I have used Cassandracos a few times out of it. Um, I used the Contemptor Mortis out of the list once, and I've used the Dorado a couple times, but I've never used the whole list. My, uh, I had a friend borrow it, and he played it one time, but I've never used it myself. That's crazy. I used my uh, Dreadnought list yesterday. Well, a piece of it, a portion of it. Portion. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's what I'm working on, dude. Like, that is what I'm at. And now I've got, like, basically announced what I'm going to be doing. So, like, I'm kind of, like, foot in the dirt. Like, I've, I've like, showed my hand. Now all the people at Scandis are going to be like, that's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the level we got to be hitting. All right. <laughs> yeah. So... But uh, anyway, so uh, what, let's talk about that game you had, dude. What? Okay, so I have a friend who just likes, he likes the 40K, 30K universe. He reads all the Horse Heresy books and stuff. And um, I have a few like audiobook CDs and stuff I let him borrow. So he loves the universe and he's reading all the books, but he's not, the game is almost, he bitches that it's just too intricate too bit you know what i mean it's like just too much time too many things to remember all that so i'm like well why don't you at least just check out zone mortalis you know it's much more manageable we can get you in you can learn the rules it's a lot less models and all that so i've been trying to you know get him to play that for a while but he he's like nah nah i just want to read the books whatever well he finally comes to me the other day and he's like well I've been reading all these uh, stories and stuff, and I want to do a Shattered Legion list. Oh, wow. And I'm like, well, that, you can't really do that in Zone Mortalis because you're not going to have enough points because you, you're going to, you know, in order to do Shattered Legions, at a minimum, you have to have, you know, parts of two legions and all this. And so he's like, well, I, I want to build the army to play on the tabletop, but I might just build it and paint it and let you play it. <laughs> I'm like, well, no, we'll teach you how to play. So... Anyway, we build him a list. He's wanting to do a after Isfahn 5 theme list, and he's always been a fan of Salamanders. It's always been his favorite legion, so he's wanting to do a primary Salamander list for Shattered Legion, but also have elements of Raven Guard and Iron Hands in it to represent uh, like a war band of guys getting together together after Isfahn 5. So like so, uh, the like the book six story, the retribution story with the. Uh... Uh, well, those guys, those guys left from Nocturne to go to Isfahn, so they were pure salamanders, right? Well, so they, this they is, also this is, they also picked up Blood Angels too. Yeah, but this is more like guys that were at Isfahn Five, okay. that like stole a ride and left Isfahn Five, and it's it's mostly salamanders, but there's some Raven Guard and some Iron Hands with them. Tight. Okay, I'm in it. I'm feeling it. So. Anyway, he came over last night we uh, just to hang out, whatever, and um, uh, he was like, well, let's let's play a game of Zone Mortalis. He, he, he brought it up out of the blue, and I'm like, all right, cool. So 
I'm like, well, we can't do your whole Shattered Legion list, but we can put the Salamander element. I can build you a Salamander list out of what you're wanting to run out of my models, and I'll just play my Word Bearers. So he goes, that sounds good. So we played a thousand point Zone Mortalis game. So I think his list was a decked out Salamander Praetor. And so his like Terminator, Cataphracty Armor, uh, Storm Shield, Chain Fist, Digital Lasers, uh, Mantle of the Elder Drake, that kind of stuff. Then he had five fire drakes that all had chain fist and storm shields. Um, then two ten man veteran squads that ha- all had melt bombs, and I think there was one flamer in each unit. That was his whole army. Oh, wow. And then for word bearers, I ran Zardu Layak and the Blade Slaves. Oh wow! You um, were just going easy on them, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Zardu and the Blade Slaves. Um, a Another, because um, with word bears you have to run a second HQ. So I had just a generic Centurion with uh, level one Psychic Mastery, Artificer Armor, Power Axe, Melt Bombs. And then I had a five-man Terminator squad with three Power Fists, two Chain Fists, a eight-man Veteran squad with Melt Bombs, a Power Axe on the Sergeant, and one Melt Gun in it. And then a normal shoebox dreadnought with dual power fist, dual melt gun. Beast. That was that was it. So those my thousand points. So I ended up uh, rolling up the mission where you have the little armor eleven objectives you have to kill. Yeah. And I ended up being the defender, and he was the attacker, so I had to protect him, and he had to destroy him. So when we rolled for the random number of objectives, we got the max amount. Um which is five or six, I can't remember. Six. It's so, three six. plus D3, yeah. Okay, so we had six, um, and what else? So I, I won the roll off to deploy and go first, so I deployed, and then you have to roll to see which zone you start in, so he rolled where he started in the opposite zone of me, so we were catacorned from each other. So I started with, uh, Zardu Layak and the Blade Slaves and the Terminators on the table, and then had my Dreadnought and my uh, Veterans in Reserve. And then he had his Praetor attached to a Veteran Squad on the table, and then his Fire Drakes on the table, and then had the one Veteran Squad in Reserve. Gotcha. Okay. And so he failed to seize the initiative, so I ended up going first. Um, I just basically, because I'm just trying to, the way we deployed the objectives, because I got to deploy first, I picked a side where uh, I could defend the objectives pretty easy, and I had spread them out when I because the defender gets to place the objectives. I had placed them like as close to the edges of the board as I could behind some walls where you have to like walk a long way to get to them. So it, it makes it hard for that person to, you know, get a lot of them in quick succession especially when they don't have, you know, Zone Mortality, you don't have a lot of units. So you're, he basically was fighting the clock more than he was fighting my models, the way I had the objectives placed. And that's hard so, on the mission. Like, you, like getting to the objectives is like, that's the hard part of the mission. Right, and we, of course, we built his list before we knew what mission, so the problem is he has fire drakes, which can't run because they're in cataphracty armor, <laughs> and they have no, sh- no shooting, so he's going to have to assault these things. So he's got to get right up on them. And then he's got two veteran squads with just snipe their sniper vets. So he's got sniper bolters, but the objectives are armor eleven. So those don't do shit to that. So they all have melt bombs. So once once again, he's got assault. 
So he basically has to make it into base to base. He can't like shoot these things from a distance and move on. Um, so anyway, on my first turn, I just kind of, you know, I don't have to really worry about attacking him. I was just putting my guys in position to make it to where he's going to eventually have to deal with me to just slow him down to, and just try to run the clock out. That was my plan. Right. So I move my Terminators around the corner where I can see his uh, veteran squad. Um, I cast in Feeble on him. My my level one guy got in Feeble. Zardulayak got um, Cursed Earth and Possession, which is where he blows himself up and becomes a greater demon. And then he uh, he gets the Primaris power, which is the summoning where you can just summon the basic guys. The other guy got the Primaris uh, power smite, which is the shooting attack. And then I uh, got um, Enfeeble. So I Enfeeble is a veteran squad, so it takes him down to tough three. And then I just shot him with my combi bolters. So I ended up killing like four dudes off. Um he passes with the, my five combi bolters, so he passes his break check, so he's good there. Um, by the way, our both of our rolling was a total shit show. Like, <laughs> I, I hit with, I think I did four wounds, or no, I did five wounds with the combi bolters because I was some of them were rapid fire and some of them were normal. So five, he had to make five three-up saves, fails four of them, so loses four dudes, passes his break check, so he's, he's good. Um... So then on his first turn, he moves his fire drakes up and needs like a he's like nine inches away from my terminators. And then his other guys that are enfeebled, they have to move like they're in difficult terrain from enfeebled. So he like doesn't roll very well. They move like an inch, whatever. So they just kind of stand there. So he doesn't want to shoot my terminators because the fire drakes can only see the one guy is like peeking out around the corner. So if he kills that guy, he's gonna take him out of line of sight, and then the fire drakes can't charge. Right. So he's like uh, I don't really want to shoot, but I, I do. It's like my instinct is to shoot, but if I kill this guy, I'm I'm screwed. Like I'm gonna, you know, miss this charge. So I was like, yeah. So I was hoping that I was like, I hope he doesn't shoot at me and then fails this charge. It'll be the best case scenario for me. So he doesn't shoot, he just decides to charge with both units. The one unit, because they're enfeebled, they count as difficult and they're pretty far away, they fail. Um the fire drakes make it. He rolled exactly what he needed. I think he needed an eight inch charge and he rolled eight. Mm. So um, fire drakes, they get tied up in combat with my uh, terminators. He challenges with the, the fire drake masters. So I accept with my sergeant. Uh, he, the fire drake master on the charge is four attacks hitting on threes and he gets to reroll one die because of master crafted. So he hits twice out of all that because his rolling was sucky. And then rolls the wound and rolls two ones. So oh it does nothing. Yeah, I hate when that happens. So then my sergeant is two attacks. So I go to fight back. So I hit him once and then roll a wound, roll a one, do nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so we did did nothing. There so then the shadow, rest of his, shadow fighting. <laughs> yeah. So the the rest of his fire drake squad. I mean, we're all fighting simul because both I have a bunch of power fists, chain fists. He has a bunch of chain fists and thunder hammers. So we're all fighting, and I won. So I let him roll first. Um, so he rolls, kills the whole squad. I know the whole squad's going to die. So I get to, uh, you know, fight back and get at least throw my attacks back. So I throw my attacks back and kill two fire drakes. So he murdered my whole squad, including my level one centurion. And I killed two fire drakes. Um, so he consolidates whatever. And so now at this point in time, all I have is Zardulayak on the board, but I'm going into my turn two. So I'm hoping my reserves come on. 
roll for my reserves, don't get anything. So I have Zardu and two Blade Slaves, and I'm like, oh shit, because I can't get into it with those Fire Drakes because, you know, if he kills me in the two rounds of combat, you know, the game's over. <laughs> so I kind of had to hide um, Zardu again, so I just moved him back, you know, so and behind this wall where I knew he couldn't get to me. So he basically got a free turn to start heading towards objectives and when he rolled his unit came on so he brought his unit on in uh his backfield close to one of the five objectives so at this point he's not killed one yet so uh going into turn three it's my turn um i roll for reserves again my dreadnought comes on but the other guys still stay in reserve so the Dreadnought moves on, can't get in position to do anything, so I just move up and run it. So I'm I'm basically heading towards the Fire Drakes. Uh, Zardu Layak tries to summon. He's tr- I tried to summon every turn of the game and never for all first. And the game went six full turns, and I never got it to work. So I summoned nothing. <laughs> I failed every time. Good uh, Lord. So. Uh, did that turn was pretty uneventful. It was just me moving back into position. Uh, he moved his squad that had come on, assaulted the objective that he came on right next to and blew it up. Uh, his Praetor left the veteran squad and went over and joined the uh, fire Drake unit. And they, uh, went after my dreadnought. So he was able to once again, charge like nine inches or something and get in like he made some another really really long charge because i kept putting my models where i was trying to set it up to where he would move towards them and then have to pull off a long charge that he would hopefully fail and And then on my turn then yeah i'd get to reaction fire them and then on my turn get to move up shoot them and then assault them but every time i would so he he declares a, a assault against the dreadnought so i pass my check where i'm you know can fire at full ballistic skill Hit him with both melta guns. Roll two ones on the Tawoon rolls. <laughs> so once again, don't do anything. So then he makes a nine inch charge. Of course, <laughs> runs into my dreadnought. So my dreadnought is dual dual arm close combat weapon, and he's a normal dreadnought. So I'm like, what four attacks standing still? Yep. I think. So I throw four dice. I need fours to hit him. Don't hit a single time. Roll every die was three or less. Didn't do nothing. So then the fire drakes go. Um, he had. Three of them left, plus his Praetor, and of those models, three of those models all had Chain Fists, so you can kind of guess how that went for my Dreadnought. Not well. So, kills my Dreadnought. So, basically, my Dreadnought moved in, shot two melted gun shots that didn't do anything, and then immediately got murdered. (laughs) So... Look at me, I'm a distraction. Cha-cha-cha. Yeah. (laughs) Dead. So... All the the only thing the only good thing about this is he's eating up turns without killing objectives. So on his turn four, he he he's still moving towards objectives. So like I said, they're all in opposite corners. So he, he moves towards objectives again. So then on my turn four, my my veterans finally come in from reserve. So they move on literally right in front of the fire drakes, like an inch away. I can't like I only had one point where I can move them in. So I move him in, rapid fire my sniper vets at his fire drakes. I think I kill. Think I killed one more guy, so he's down to two fire drakes in his praetor. Um, Zardu Layak starts moving over there to support those guys to try to finally finish off the fire drakes now that they're they're weakened. And 
I can't. I don't really have enough models to deal with those other guys. So he's got the one squad that came in and killed the one backfield objective, but now they're like out of the game because they don't have. There's not enough turns in the game for them to make it to the other one. Right. And then he has the original squad that's like down to five or six guys from me killing some earlier in the game. So he moves those and kill. You know, blows up another objective. So now he has two, but there's like three or four left. Um. So on his turn, his he assaults the the veterans with the fire drakes and kills all of them. But because I got a fight first, I think I killed. I was able to kill the other two fire drakes with just punching attacks from my marines, like fighting first. And because um, he he didn't roll very well on his saves, uh, but uh, his praetor then went and basically killed the whole rest of the squad so on my turn then i was able to move up and assault his um praetor with zardu layak and the blade slaves and finish off his praetor so i killed his praetor and i think then it went one more turn he wasn't able to get to any more objectives and the game ended so the game ended all i had left was in my army was Zardu Layak and the two Blade Slaves, and he had a full 10-man veteran squad that had just come in and killed an objective marker and did nothing else, and he had like four other veterans or five other veterans that had killed another marker. So I ended up winning on points just because he wasn't able to get to him fast enough. Wasn't able to slay the Warlord and no first blood, I guess? Right. So I, I had Slay the Warlord for killing his Praetor. He didn't have it. And I had, I think there was three objectives left to two of him killing it. So I think I won four to two. Good Lord. But he had, he killed, uh, you know, my whole army except for my, for Zardu and the two Blade Slaves. Well, it sounds, so like, far, you, it sounds like you did not go easy on him. <laughs> like... No, but I mean, I'm helping him, like telling him, you know, where to move his stuff. So I'm kind of playing against myself anyway. It's a new player. So it didn't really matter what I took. I mean, he had fire drakes and a salamander praetor. That's one of the meanest things you could take in some Mortalis. <laughs> and if you go back and listen to my recap, listen to how much of his army killed my stuff that wasn't named fire drakes because it's literally nothing. <laughs> so his praetor and fire drakes killed a dreadnought, my veteran squad, and my five man terminator squad. And put a couple wounds on my blade slave. So that those that unit alone basically killed the majority of my army before I finally whittled them down. That's so crazy, dude. That's so crazy. Like fire drakes are so brutal. Like I, in my list that I my blood angels list, I'm like, oh man, dude, I'll just uh, if if I get attacked by some fire drakes, I'll just run a dreadnought in there and hopefully insta give. The, but I guess that's yeah, but they have a three up impulse. Yeah, the that's three up impulse. So it's like, oh, I'm four attacks, and their weapon skill five. So you're only hitting them on fours, even with your weapon skill five. So if you charge in, you get four or five attacks. You're only going to hit two or three. You know that. So you'll probably wound all of them, and then they, I might lose a guy, and then they fight back with chain fist and kill your dreadnought. Beat the fuck out of the dreadnought. Poor yeah. Guy. So I mean, they're just. Fire Drakes are murderers and Zone Mortalis, man. Their only drawback is they're slow. Because that was his biggest problem is because they can't run. You know, they, he couldn't... I would just put my guys... Like, I would basically cut him off with the... Cut his Fire Drakes off with my units. Like, kind of feed them one at a time. Like, block a hallway where he can't go around me and he has to charge me. But it sucks up a whole game turn where he's doing that as opposed to moving towards the objectives. 
and that's that's the only reason I was able to win. So basically, I just lucked out and won on the mission. Because if it just came to like a kill points game or whatever, he would have easily beat me. Mm. But it was a pretty fun game. He really enjoyed it. Um, he got a you know a chance to experience that, and then he liked that. And I'm like, well, if you like this, because uh, he plays Pathfinder, he's actually in a Pathfinder group with my sister, uh, my sister's boyfriend, and some other people. So I showed him a tactical strike since there's a little bit of an element to that where you can earn experience and things like that in tactical strike if you play the campaign mode. Oh, yeah. And he seemed, and because he's doing Shattered Legions anyway, it kind of fits that theme. So I sent him home with a copy of the uh, tactical strike rules, and he seemed pretty pumped about that. So hopefully he'll come back and I can you know move him up, you know play a couple more games of that, um, and uh, you know start working him into you know standard games of 30k heck yeah dude that that'd be sweet especially i love tactical strike right it's it it's if like it's real daunting to look at the rules and like what you have to do and all that stuff whenever you first are looking at okay i've got to individually price my the points per model and like per this and that but i think once you actually get it down I, i guess i'm just too uh too what do you call it uh too spoiled with battle scribe where i just like to put what i want in and go and tactical strike yeah. doesn't quite have that so <laughs> it's like man i gotta write it on paper dang it but. that's still i still write my i'm old school so i i always write i write i i thought i had a list right here i could show you but <laughs> it's in the other room but anyway yeah i just i just have a pencil and paper usually i mean i do use battle scribe or whatever but it's typically like like yesterday, me and my wife, uh, we drove down to Mammoth Cave, so I was stuck in the car for three hours. So all I did was sit in the passenger seat and screw around on Battlescribe oh, yeah. like, the whole way down and then uh, talk to the Swedish guys in Facebook chat and make Battlescribe list. That's pretty much all I did. <laughs> you're always... I, I, I was about to say you're always 30K all, all the time, but I was just thinking about it like, so am I. Like it's like everything we talk about is thirty k all the time. Yeah. And like especially like the Facebook groups and all that jazz. It's all the time. Well, my tagline is: Can I eat it? Can I fuck it? Is it thirty k? That's my <laughs> personal tagline. <laughs> that needs to be I, on a shirt. I told my wife because she was talking about something, and I go, "Hey, hang on, let me stop you right there." I'm like, before you even talk to me, run this checklist in your head. Can Ryan eat it? Can Ryan fuck it? Is it 30K? If it doesn't fit any of those criteria, I'm probably not going to listen to you, even though you're talking to me right now. <laughs> I've already pre-zoned out. <laughs> I, need to, <laughs> I need you to know that. That That's a total joke, by the way, honey. I don't, I don't really feel that way. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> so that's awesome, so, dude. Got how'd you. your game go? How'd your game go? Let's, let's hear about it. Well, I guess... Let me start by saying, um, so Josh hit me up, asked me if I wanted to play a game, and I was like, absolutely. So I pack up my 2,500 points of Blood Angels, some of it unpainted, and I go to the shop, and I'm like, well, first we went and got a steak, because that's what we do. We went and got a Texas Roadhouse steak, some 16-ounce ribeyes, bone-in, and we uh, ate that, medium rare, like, warriors do legit man shit yeah legit man shit and then we're like okay we're full of red meat texas red meat let's go play this game well already 
uh, our buddy Jay was there with his um, with his white scars, wanting to play his 500 points. Well, Josh had already assumed had assumed that I was also going to play Zone Mortalis. I was like, "Oh, that's not what I came here at all for," but that's okay. I'll figure something out. So Jay and Josh got a game in White Scars versus Solar Auxilla. Josh's Solar Auxilla are full fledged infantry. The whole fucking you know seventy one models in a five hundred point list, like just overwhelming numbers. And Jay is running full jet bike army so i had to watch that game and it was it was very it was a lot closer than i thought it would be because i think they ended up they ended up tying but i think there was only two jet bikes left and of course i think jay started out with eight of them so i watched that game and i was like man that was like that was pretty brutal like that is a lot of guys you have to just wade your ass through so then they asked me if i wanted to play and i was like yeah i do but i i have you know i don't have a a list at five, I don't think I don't have what at 500 points it wouldn't make sense for me to make a Fury of the Ancients list. It would just be very weird, and you know, I have like two models. Well, I don't think just the characters alone would yeah. almost be 500 points. Exactly. That's that to, to to actually take the list. The what Primus Medicae, Forge For, Lord, and Delegatus. whatever gives you yeah yeah that that's going to be most of your points for 500 points all day right there. So then they're like, well, well, that's what we'll do. We'll play a thousand points, and we'll give you, we'll like, we'll take our five hundred point list, and you play a thousand, and I, and we'll we'll both be against you. I was like, that sounds perfect. So I made up my thousand point list, which was a a, a Leviathan with uh, twin storm cannons, twin assault cannons, uh, two contemptor dreadnoughts with assault cannon hands with jazz hands, and a uh, attack bike. And then, of course, the attack bike with assault cannon and the three uh, HQ choices. And I just want to lay the caveat out there that, yes, I understand when you're playing the Zone Mortalis Compatent list, you can only have two HQs. So I did break the rules there. But to make up for it, I paid the points for the Delegatus, but I did not play the Delegatus. I was like, hey, I'm basically I'm going to eat these points and not play this Delegatus. So, you know, so... I try, I try to even it out. Like, that was the biggest thing I had to worry about in that list, but whatever. Yeah. So, we played that same mission y'all guys played, which is the AV-11. It, basically, the way the mission works, guys, if you're not familiar with it, uh, it's a D3 objectives that are on the table, and with these D3 objectives, you D- place... D3 plus three. Oh, D3 plus three. And so, potential six, which we had six as well. We rolled for the, the six. Uh, they get put out there, and they're AV-11. They have a four-plus save against shooting, and if you glance or penetrate them at all, they're dead. And they're one whole point. Yeah. The um, the attackers get a point for everyone that's still that they kill, and the defenders get a point for everyone that's alive. And then there's Slay the Warlord, and there's First Blood. Uh, so we did the corner deployment, which is you split the table into like a giant checkerboard with only like four squares, and you get one corner. The attacker gets his corner. And then you roll off with the defender, and if the defender wins, he gets to pick any of the squares, and if he loses, then he has to deploy directly caddy corner to you. And so they lost the roll off or whatever, and so they had to deploy directly caddy corner to me. So I deployed flat out Leviathan as far up as he could with basically two firing lanes. He could see like all the way down. And it was pretty beneficial that I had all those fucking useless... uh, uh, 
HQ models because you know how you deploy half the army. So I was like, well, oh, you just oh, so those in the background start with all my dreadnoughts. Ha, ha, ha. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I was like, oh, yeah, they'll do something later. <laughs> they'll, they'll come on and supervise. They'll come check in on the work later. So the Leviathan and a, uh, a contemptor started on, started on the field. Hey, hey, real quick. Did you guys use stratagems? I didn't in our game just because it was John's first game and I didn't want to get too complicated on him. No, we, you, did you? We did not use stratagems. Okay, we just like we we, we were already a game in, and so we we're like kind of crunched for time. We we're like, let's just squeeze this game in real quick, and so okay. we didn't use stratagems. we just for just for time's sake, but we we did uh, like, we did we did play the normal rules, but so we the game started out. I cannot really I can't get first turn, so basically first turn the straight up jet bikes come flying at me with multi melts on the front of them. I unload and, and it, you know, I unloaded with my assault cannons. I, well, well they had first turn, so they charged, they, they flew up at me, shot me with a multi melter. I passed my contemptor save. Then they charged at me and I reaction fired. And you reaction fire with tool. It's a, this is my contemptor. You reaction fire with dual assault cannons, and you pass. You're basically sending eight rending shots at somebody. And if it's uh, jet bikes in this case, they can't jink because it's the reaction. It's the Overwatch. So I got two rending hits, and so immediately just two jet bikes gone out the, out the gate. And one the, the multi multi the multi multi jet bike was still alive. So he passes his charge, gets in there, and then my contemptor just finishes off the squad with his four attacks, just beats face in there, just insta-kills everything. So that was their first turn. Like, that was just send a jet bike squad, and uh, they didn't make it through the combat. Uh, so my first turn, Leviathan... Should have hung back, Jay. Should have hung back. <laughs> just, yeah, just keep popping the melt at me. So uh, my first turn... It was wave after wave. I mean, really, my first turn kind of my first turn kind of describes how the entire game went. It was I every uh, solar ox squad that I can see, I wiped. Like it was okay. There's a squad there. Let me shoot it with eight assault cannons. There's a squad there. Let me shoot it with eight assault cannon shots and two uh, storm cannons. And then it was just like just unload, 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 unload. And so the entire game, you know, the objective is for me to kill these AV-11 little objective markers. But Josh has like a hundred dudes on the table. Plus I have to worry about these white scars that are coming at me with uh, their multi melters. But it's just like wave after wave of like, uh, <laughs> like, do you remember, have you, did you watch Futurama? Or like Zach Brannigan's like, we said wave after wave of my own men. What they didn't know is the the robots had a predetermined kill count. <laughs> so like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's how I felt like my dreadnoughts were. They're just like fucking shit more. Brr, brr, and just, I'm just unloading with my assault cannon hands. Just you know, ballistic skill five. I'm like, you know, I'm, it it's twos and twos, and there's nothing that you can it, do about it. Yeah, yeah. It was just it just unloading, and then like that's pretty much how it went the whole game. It was. Uh, Eventually, I got enough breathing room to where I could stop and kill some objectives. But if the objectives have been spread out a little bit more, 
then I would not have like yes, I would have gotten kill point if we were if it was a kill point game, I would have won kill point wise, but it if the objectives were spread out more, I would not have won that game strictly by the amount of overwhelming bodies that I had to deal with because I did not want to get stuck in close combat with a 10-man squad of last gunners and then followed up by a second squad of last gunners. Like basically he was just like tar pitting me with solar auxilla. Um, but I mean, it was like the, like I kind of, you couldn't have asked for a better matchup. Exactly. You know, I, I think about it and I think this is like, if somebody really liked to break things and you said, here's a, you know, a wooden baseball bat, go into that China store and have fun. Like that's exactly what happened. But if, you know, they said, hey, here's a wooden baseball bat, go to that China store, break as much shit as you can, but at the same time, you have to find, like, something in there. You know, there's an objective to this. You're like, fuck, well, you know. I was just thinking about this, because we were talking, we were talking before we started recording about how Solar Auxiliary, all their anti-tank is based on their vehicles. Yeah. And they, and, but when you play Zone Mortalis, you're stuck with just using infantry, but... Their infantry guys are like, you get all las guns, all flamers, all power axes, or all Volkite chargers. So none of that can really handle a dreadnought. What I did forget about, what Josh might look at, if he listens to this or you can tell him, the little tech priest units where you get the servitors. Yeah, grenade launchers. Take the haywire grenade launchers. They're not that expensive. He could run like two like medium-sized squads where he's got like two, two like 10, 10 models, like a you know, a guy with like five servitors with grenade launchers and another guy with five servers with grenade launchers for the haywire grenades to use that as like his anti-dreadnought option. And then it's still not, it's, and he's still going to have lots of bodies and do what he's wanting to do theme wise. I forgot about that. Actually. I actually modeled those off of the, I took the grenade launchers from the Elysian drop troops and I modeled them onto, um, the new servant, not the servitors, the last lock, uh, oh, the thralls! Thralls, the last lock thralls. Yeah. I, I modeled it onto them. They look pretty good. Uh, whenever I played Solar Ox for a little bit there, but yeah, I did run two squads of those just for anti tank. If anything came too close to my line, just unload. And, and yep. Josh wants to run pure infantry. So, yep. I mean that if he's if he's wanting to run a lot of infantry, that's the only infantry that I can think of in Solar Ox that is is going to be any account at killing tanks. So he probably needs to uh run I think they're an elite choice. Yes. So if I mean if that's going to be all his anti tank, he probably needs to build four squads of those guys. But you can Is he going to do any ogrens? Yes, he has them already uh, painted. Okay. Well, he could do one squad of ogrens and then like three squads of those guys for elites. Well, that you can get multiple uh tech priest per elite choice. I think you get three per elite choice. Yeah, but they're all one. Like you, I think you can take you. It starts with one and like four servitors, and then you can buy an additional two tech priests and like four servitors or something like that. But it's still one squad, all so right. he's going to get three individual squads where he can shoot at three separate targets a turn. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I wasn't sure if it was they had to be squatted up. Yeah, they have to be. They're all still part of the same unit, I believe. So if he's wanting to do ogrens, he can do with the one ogren unit and then the three units with guys with grenades. But I mean, that's really going to be his only anti-shooting anti-tank options. Hey, you you have a Lehman Russ near you right now, right? Uh, right in the other room. You want me to grab it? Yeah. How wide Which, is it? How wide? I'll be right back. Talk talk to these people. While I go get it. <laughs> okay. 
the reason why I'm asking how wide the tank is is if you go to the Zomortalis rules, guys, and actually, uh, if you're not sure where to find the Zomortalis rules, all you have to do is go to Google, type Zomortalis. It's the first PDF document, and that's the actual Forge World rules. They're free. Well, inside that Zomortalis rules, the rules specifically state that you can not take any vehicles other than walkers unless they're less than four inches wide. And so I'm wondering how wide a Lehman Russ is without sponsons. Three and an eighth inch. So yeah, that's absolutely. No, but what's what's width? Because length is it any dimension? Because it, it's it says four inches wide. It's it's a. I don't I don't yeah, know. But how. I mean it's 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 four and three quarter inches long. That, so. That's the hole, or is that the uh, the tip of the battle cannon? No, that's the... just the hole. That's just from the point. I don't know. You can see me on the webcam. That's from yeah. the, the back point of the track to that. It's not even counting the barrel again. So what do you think? I mean, I get it. I get it. A Lehman Russ. It... Yeah, I, I would say no. <laughs> don't, doesn't, doesn't, does Solar Ox, do they get Sentinels? Is that a choice? No. I know. Okay. That they sucks. get Cyclops. Yeah, that's not... That's garbage. And so I'm telling you, in Zone Mortalis, you're only you could either take an out. Well, you can't even take allies in Zone Mortalis. Zone Mortalis, their only anti tank option, it's tech priest. There is the tech priest with the with the grenades or multi melters or whatever you want to give them. Unless you want to be that guy that squeezes a Lehman Russ in there, which I'll play if you got a Lehman Russ. That's okay. Like that's totally some shit. Like some uh, some commander would pull on me. Like yeah, I mean, I just me and you were talking about this. It's kind of weird that they're supposed to be this like elite space fighting force to clear all these space stations and shit. Apparently, they don't like expect any of their enemies to have like a single dreadnought because like one contemptor will murder an entire solar auxiliary army because they can't do anything to it unless, like I said, you throw those tech priests in there. Man, how cool would it be to like model? What's your your idea of like, like imagine somebody modeled up a avoid Lehman Russ like if you could t- like okay if the rules you know you could technically take a Lehman Russ if it just the four inches wide but if somebody modeled what they envisioned would be a void uh, like a, a void attack Lehman Russ that would actually like be able to go down like hallways and stuff like I imagine it with like either like wheels on top and on bottom so like it just like and like a dude like remote yeah. controlling behind it. Oh, they they get rapier batteries too. I forgot about that. And they they actually get shatter shells for theirs. Yeah. So you could take rapiers. I mean, it sort of sucks because you can't move and fire them in the same turn. So you're gonna have to like you know position. put them to position them to like guard a hallway where it's <laughs> like this is like stay out of this hallway, buddy. So <laughs> load the cannon. <laughs> and I I can just imagine like if you had it lined up just right where the contemptor moves from like you have him tucked around the corner in like a doorway and he has just enough movement to get to the other doorway and like turn sideways. Like the ninja contemptor, like getting like alternating <laughs> down the hallway, switching sides or the, this, the quad mortar can't shoot him till he gets to the end and can assault it. It'd be the, pretty funny. The ninja contemptor. <laughs> yeah. I would have got my ass handed to me thinking about it now with uh, those haywire grenades. Yeah. It'd have been ugly. That would have just been the, he could have, potentially glanced me out one contemptor a turn easy yeah because he i think if you max that squad out i think you get 
eight servitors. Yeah. So um, I mean that, and they're I think they're BS. I think they're BS three. Yes. So I mean you only hit fifty percent of the time, but then all you need is a two plus to put whole points on stuff. And tech priests can have a. Uh, they can have a graviton gun, but they're heavy, so and they're not relentless. So if they move, well, but I was, they, I was gonna say a uh, cognis signum. Can he? Yeah, they might be able to. I think, if they can, then yeah, you can boost their ballistic skill. Yeah, boost their ballistic skill up to four. It's either the tech priest or the HQ level tech priest. I want to yeah. say that there's a bigger tech priest out there, but I, I know one of them could take cognis signum. Um, can the uh, Lord? Can the like a Lord Marshal or whatever like their HQ choice? Can he take something like that? Yeah. Too, maybe? Oh yeah. I'm not Solar Zillia is probably the army I'm least familiar with. I, I played them for a little bit and I did run. I ran my my uh, my tech priest with the thralls, but I also had. He, he, I think he comes with a Cognis Signum now that I'm thinking about it, because I ran him with like directly behind my uh, uh, my quad mortars when i ran quad mortars so when they use the shatter shells it was a uh, bliss skill four if only i had just bought this digital copy of this book on my phone right here where i could just look at it while we're doing this oh, if okay. only i was that smart you're you're right though i got it i downloaded new apps for this but so is that get den reader so but yeah i think no man, I'm definitely going to tell Josh about that because that is. It's I mean, definitely a unit he needs to consider, and it's and it fits his theme. What he's want to do with infantry, um, so I, I think he'll uh, he'll like it. Okay, so here's what they come with. So the engine seer, uh, let's see, the engine seer adept comes with power armor, las pistol. Power Axe, Servo Arm, and the Servitor just comes with Close Combat Weapon. Um, the unit, you can buy up to two additional Engine Sears. The unit, you may include up to four additional Servo Automata, so you can get up to eight Servitors and three Tech Priests. So the Tech Priests can take uh, Nuncio Voxes, Augury Scanners, Volkite Charger, Cortex Controller, Graviton Gun, Improviser, Refractor Field, Cyber Familiar. And then they can each each engineer can take melt bombs. So that's pretty good because you can get three melt bombs in the unit. And then each guy also has a servo arm. So because your servo arm is an additional attack, you would each you would get three melt bomb attacks and your servo arm attacks. I would think. Right. So that would be decent in close combat against anti-tank as well. And then the servitors can each take a grenade launcher that has kinetic tempest and crack grenades for 10 points a guy. So that wouldn't be too bad. So basically, cause he runs the auxilla tactical command squad. So if he ran the command squad behind the tech priest, he'd be pretty solid. He could bump up their bliss skill. Cause that, uh, that tactical command squad, uh, the, uh, Stratagos. Stratagos has that Cognis. Signum, yeah. So there's a little synergy for him there, too. And then if you bought the Augury Scanner, you could also force people to... Uh... 
that's the other thing is that veteran that would be good because that command section that you're talking about um you can give two guys in that unit the same grenade launcher with the kinetic rounds yeah that's right so it would give him a little more anti-tank there as well and you could split fire you wouldn't have to all dump it into one unit you could just right man i'm gonna tell josh that somewhere in this podcast we just updated his list a little bit (laughs) i bet he's gonna go buy that stuff today (laughs) yeah he should it'd be good i mean like i said it fits his theme and it fills a hole in his army so work out good for him one thing that that he did play that i like that looked so scary for not me for jay whenever he was playing jay he took a full flamer a flamer section Mm. and like i'm looking at that i'm like dude i don't even know like you have to shoot it you can't charge it you'll just yeah it's a wall of death (laughs) it's a wall of death so it's like he jay was basically just staying away from it just like blasting it with his heavy bolters on his uh uh on his jet bikes and like me you know i'm just running a bunch of dreadnoughts like yeah i'll run in there just just slinging dead dudes everywhere yeah because i can't hurt (laughs) yeah but see that's why if you think about it so because i play salamander so i'm i'm bringing it back to myself but anyway all day just the uh the unit that i like that i hate on the open battlefield but i love in zone mortalis for salamanders are pyroclass i think pyroclass are total shit in the normal game but in zone mortalis they come into their own because they have artificer armor squad wide so they're really hard to kill with shooting. And then every single guy is a flamer that can that can shoot as a flamer or fire as a strength six melt gun. Wow. So if somebody tries to assault you, if it's infantry, you could just wall of death them with X amount of flamers. If they're trying to assault you with a dreadnought, you're like, I'll just shoot you with the strength six armor bane AP1 shoot shots. So they're really, really, really hard to deal with. In Zone Mortalis. So they just walk around just confident as shit in Zone Mortalis. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about really assaulting anyone. You literally just move up into Flamer Range, Flamer Range, or the Melter Range, whatever you're, depending on whatever target you're shooting at, and shoot them, and then don't even bother assaulting because you want them to have to assault you because it's just an extra round of shooting for you. Good God. That's, it's, it's pretty funny. It's, it's brutal, to say the least. I'd be interested in playing that list, though. That sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. But Zone Mortalis is super fun. I uh I have a table. We have a uh I have to thank the the uh Global Heresy campaign because it's one of those things like we had just haven't played in a long time. I hadn't set the table up in a while. We've just had my normal gaming tables set up we've been playing on because everybody is starting to get fully painted 30k armies done and they want to play these big battles to use all their models because they got all this stuff painted. But now that I've set the Zone Mortalis board back up, more and more people are like, you know what? I, I don't want to play a full scale game. Let's go over here and play this. So I see that getting played more and more. So it's kind of reinvigorated, reinvigorated my love for Zone Mortalis. How awesome it is! Yeah, dude. We actually we have that full Zone Mortalis table, and then uh, one of our buddies from the chat, Goochman, actually sent us uh, four more tiles. So those are on the way. So. Our Zone Mortalis table. Like, basically, at this point, I think we have, like, a full, like, eight-foot Zone Mortalis table. <laughs> yeah, I have I have, two, I have a, a four-by-eight or two four-by-fours, but only half of it's painted. The other one's just uh, base silver. <laughs> so, it takes me 15 hours to paint a single Zone Mortalis tile, so... That's insane. I, 
don't really want to paint however many more. I laugh because uh, Michael from Eye of Horus, when he bought his, he, he consulted me on w which tiles I liked and this and that and how I painted it. And I told him right off the bat because he's like, oh, I'm just going to paint this, whatever. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, I have like 400 hours in mind painting like all the terrain for it. And like, it's a grind to get through it. So he bought his, what, like two years ago? And on Eye of Horus, Tim's always giving him shit. How many tiles you got done? And he's like, three. And I'm like, aha, I was there at one time. So. Y'all are, like are like a different level of painting than us, though. <laughs> What do you mean? Like, uh, y'all are like next level painting. We're just kind of like, we're the get it done. <laughs> Three colors. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I get that. But some people, like my buddy Dave that owns Perpetual Painting, he can he can paint to a, a pretty decent standard super fast. You know what I mean? I could give him the, I, in fact, I might just do that. I might just commission Dave to paint these other tiles for me and just knock them out. Well, that's what they I'm don't thinking. Have yeah. I'm thinking if I if I get another Zomortalis table, I'm just gonna send it over to the Scattershot guys and uh we'll yeah. it's like, hey, uh, you know, could y'all take care of this for me? Cause I know they can get it knocked out real quick at a great standard. So we'll see. Probably figure something out. I can't see myself buying a forge rolled uh, Zomortalis table for a good a good minute. Because, you know, we already got them in place. So, so what were the we were talking there was only one new release this week. You wanna go over that? The Ursarax? Yeah. <laughs> like Bummer Town. Like we'd already seen it. I mean, if if you haven't seen that the Ursarax is out, then you probably don't sign up for Forge World emails. If you don't sign up for Forge World emails, then well I don't think you'd be listening to a podcast <laughs> like this. Yeah. <laughs> so Ursarax came out, they've been showing it off for a while. I mean, there's a lot of things that they've been showing off that I think they're just going to start letting trickle out now, it seems like. When's, when's their Warhammer Fest or Warhammer or Forge World Open Day? Isn't that coming up pretty soon? Week, the Weekender? Yeah, the Weekender. I, I don't know. I can't go. They don't like Americans, apparently. We don't ever get anything cool, pay more money for everything. So we're like the bastard stepchildren, so I don't really keep track because I'm not going to be able to go anyway. Yeah, they... Not, not to be Debbie Downer, but... Just throwing that out there, Forge World. You know, we, we buy product too. You could have an event over here for us. It, it, it's something you could could do. Just saying. Hey, they're going to be at Gen Con, man. Oh, cool. So I get to, now that the pound's super weak, I get to pay the pricing out of the catalog <laughs> and pay sales tax and the whatever. Yeah. I don't know. No thanks. I, I think I'll just save the 40% and buy it straight off the website. We'll check this out. So they announced they're going to Gen Con, right? Right. And if you go to their Forge World page and you look at their Gen Con announcement, really like almost unseeable in the background is a massive wolf's head. Now, what would that mean? Why would they, who would go out of their way to put this like really very faint giant wolf's head in their, uh, in their background? And why would they do that? I don't know. Did they kill Shaggy Dog, or, the, or is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> did they, did game they kill Shaggy Dog? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Think about it. Think about it. What What's on the horizon that we've seen is so you're much saying done. that you, you think they're gonna release uh, um, the Mastodon? Lehman oh, you Russ? think they're gonna do Lehman Russ? 
Well, they may Mastodon. have it there in the in the well because it I don't know because it looks like a wolf. I thought you were implying that it looks like a giant wolf's head because it does. It looks like the space wolf flyer with tracks on it. I don't like that model. I'll just I'm going to put that out there right now. Controversial. Everybody else loves that thing. I think it looks. I I don't like it. I don't like its rules. I don't like the model. I don't like the price point on it. I'm not a fan. So triggered. Triggered. You just triggered. Triggered warning. Get a space wolf flyer and glue some Lehman Rust tracks to it. There you go. It's homemade mastodon. You're good to go. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm just speculating. You know, I can't. I don't understand why they would have this faint as wolf head. Look, I'm gonna send it to you. The Gen Con, unless that's a Gen Con symbol thing. But I mean, for real, and unless you're getting the, and I'm not trying to cost them business or whatever, but let's just think about this logically. If the, why would you buy something at Gen Con from the Forge World booth? You're they they use the catalog there, so you're paying the catalog price. Where if you just order it online, you're you get the conversion rate, which is way, 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 way lower currently than the catalog price. Because you want it first. But, ha- I mean, you've been to those booths. I mean, what's the odds that they're going to have everything on your list right there that they're not going to have to ship it to you anyway? I don't know. I just sent you that picture, though. But okay. I w- I don't know. Like, I I've, the the only experience I've had was, like, Adepticon. And, that, and, and how uh, much stuff did you walk away with? Nothing. Because they, well, ha- they, they didn't have anything that I needed. Like, if there was, but I'll tell you right now, I took an extra, you know, two, basically twenty five hundred dollars in preparation if they had the Stormbird. Like I had that. Like if they would have had it, I would have bought it that day. Like if the Stormbird yeah. was there, which you you'd have still paid extra because even at that time the catalog was higher than the conversion rate, but it's not like it is now. I mean, you're literally. Between paying local sales tax and all that, you're probably paying an extra thirty to forty percent. When if you just order it online, it can wait two weeks. Be a little patient; you'll get a much better deal on it. No, I'm not patient. Remember, <laughs> re- re- remember when the Age of Darkness book dropped at Warhammer Fest, and everybody was like talking shit about that guy that bought it on eBay for like ridiculous amount of money. Was that you? That was me. Yeah, that's how I had my Age of Darkness book early. Like, oh, oh yeah, like. <laughs> I I was like, yeah, I'm gonna need that. No, and, I'm. I'll, I'll wait. I mean, I I want the stuff as soon as I can get it, but I'm not gonna pay a massively overinflated rate for it. I'll just wait a couple weeks. That's just me, though. I get it. I mean, people people like standing in the line. They like spending money. It's an experience. That's their prerogative. But if I can save thirty forty percent just by not have like from the comfort of my home without having to stand and smell a bunch of gamer funk with my, you know. Gamer funk like, is real. <laughs> some gamer's beer belly pressed into the small of my back while I'm standing in line. I think I'm good to go. I'll just stay here and order from home. <laughs> There's a very wet circle on my back now. And I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's this wet donut on my back. So what'd you think of that picture? Um, yeah, I mean there's clearly it's like it looks like a snow like it looks like a like it's like if you were standing in the middle of a blizzard and it was hard to see that's kind of the background and then they got like a fuzzy like wolf picture behind the gen con logo like they're revealing a wolf's head or something so you could be right they could kill shaggy dog they could kill shaggy dog 
<laughs> nah, I don't. I don't know because they've never released anything new at a Gen Con before. I mean, they've always just they've always had a booth there, but they've never like revealed anything or done anything special. They always save all that for their events over there. So this would be a first if they do do that. So you're not gonna go to Gen Con. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm just not going to buy anything from the Forge World booth. I'll just order it from home and have it a couple weeks later for way less price. Okay. Which, which, if I go to Gen Con and order it at the booth, they're likely to be sold out or not have it anyway, so I'd be waiting the exact same amount of time, only paying way more money for it, is what I'm saying. Because if, unless you're there on Thursday in line, because they only... Because everybody kind of wants the new stuff. That's why they're there. Because like you said, you want it early, right? Right. So they're only going to bring like so many copies of whatever's new. So once they'll sell out, you can still order it there, but they're just going to mail it to you. Well, there's no different in that difference in that than just ordering it from your house and paying way less for it. So you're still going to have to wait unless you're like VIP or whatever, get there first thing in line. So all I'm telling people is to be smart with their money. There's no like unless uh, well, I don't you don't have to listen to me. You can stand in line and spend an extra thirty percent if you want to <laughs> for little to no payoff. But that's your business. But I was just warning people if they don't know how that works or it's the first time they're going or whatever, they just have their little catalog there and you pay the price that's in the catalog. They don't even look at the conversion rate. Or if you buy online, you pay whatever the convert current conversion rate in is which is very favorable to us right now and don't try and argue with them because they'll just move you to the next side of the line and get somebody who's <laughs> who's willing to pay the the price. <laughs> it's like well the, now, con- the conversion rate please move aside sir <laughs> now i am gonna go because you you can only get the convention only models there so mm-hmm. i get like i am gonna go to get the convention only models and you just pay what you have to pay i mean for that i mean it, it's there's no other place to get it so that's the only reason I'm going to go to the booth. Plus they have books there and sometimes they bring cuz they do they do like the the Black Library Weekender. They have books that you can only get there. If they have any extras or any spillover, sometimes they'll bring those to Gen Con. So uh you can get sometimes get stuff like that there, which is kind of nice. But I've been to Gen Con the last 3 years. So is, there, definitely... is there a horse heresy track or no? Um, hang on, I gotta plug my computer in. Give me just a second. Yeah, no problem. Just kind of wondering if there was like, I'm actually on their website right now, trying to see if there's, like, I can see where there is one. There's one heresy event that I'm aware of. My buddy Austin is actually running it. It's a team tournament. It's a twelve fifty per player team tournament. So, um, if me and you were on a team, you would take a twelve fifty list, and I take a twelve fifty list, and we play together against two other people badass god dang i'm looking at the pictures it's huge gen con yeah that's why i was trying to like because you guys went to adepticon and everybody was talking about how big it was gen con is i i mean i'm not trying to exaggerate but i would imagine it's easily 10 times bigger than adepticon easily it's our entire we had to expand the downtown indianapolis convention center purely for gen con i mean it's tens of thousands of people it it pretty much it's like it's it's like the final four for nerds. There's like a like a little map I'm looking at it right now. There's like a little map. It's like Games Workshops here, and like there's this huge like 
all of these huge booths and areas and all that stuff. It's like, hey, if you're looking for G-Dub, they'll be at this booth. That vendor hall is packed. Like, think of, you know how, like, Adepticon, like, you could still walk around, you weren't, like, bumping into people? Yeah. It's almost impossible to walk around at Gen Con where you're not constantly rubbing up against somebody as you walk through there. It's just packed full of people. Yeah, I don't think I'd wait in line for Lehman Russ in that. I'm actually looking at, like, a packed-ass, like, line area. You can tell these people are waiting to get into Gen Con. And there's a lot of sweaty. There's a lot of cargo shorts and sweaty backpacks. When the uh, uh, Fantasy Flight Conquest game came out, the card game for 40K for that Fantasy Flight made, yep, uh, they released it at Gen Con. Um, I think I stood in line for, like, I didn't even, it was, I was getting it for a friend. He just told me, hey, go over there and get it. And I think I stood in line for that for like an hour and a half. Mm. So. Time you can never get back. But, I don't know. Gen Con's a good time. If you guys get a chance to go, I mean, it's, it, 40K, like, Games Workshop is like 1% of the, of Gen Con. Like, it's not, it's not like, that's the thing about Adepticon is the the centerpiece of Adepticon or in my opinion is Games Workshop stuff. They have other things there, but the 40k team event is their signature event. Then they have the 40k GT, then the Heresy track, then all this other stuff. Forge World there, Games Workshop's there. Um so it's it's basically centered around that. Like that's like what a lot of people are there for. Where Gen Con um you know, the people who are there solely for Games Workshop stuff, like I said, is probably less than 1% of the people there. That's insane. So it's 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 more of a general gaming thing. But imagine, okay, you know Kickstarter. Like, imagine all the products on Kickstarter. So it's kind of like Kickstarter in real life because all those people that have those Kickstarters usually have booths at Gen Con. Plus, you have all the established companies like Privateer Press, you know, Games Workshop, Fantasy Flight, all that. They're all there, all the big, big stuff so it's crazy man i mean it takes just to walk around and see everything even without playing demos just to walk around and visually go well here's this game this you know and just see kind of what it looks like would take you two days you know so i mean you you that's just to walk around and see stuff that's not even like doing you know any like painting classes or any of that i mean it's a big deal might have to make it up next year well you have a free place to stay my friend i'm only about 30 minutes away we can go together we can just ride up there every morning hang out and then come back here and play 30k all night on my tables oh man that sounds like such a good time <laughs> i tried to talk chris pretty into doing it this year but he uh he he pushed out on me so he was just like oh just give you some money to get me the convention models I'm like, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it, but <laughs> I'm going to be salty. Uh, so, yeah, man. Speaking of events, I guess we can announce some of the events going on. Yep. Uh, you have an event in your area, don't you? Michigan GT is coming up pretty soon. Yep. I'm going up to that. I'm taking my word bearers. Uh, I, I'm working on my Charybdis right now, and... I need to finish that, and I got a couple arms for some Terminators, and I'm good to go for that. But that is the end of September, beginning of October. It's that weekend that spans the gap between the two months. 
um, up in Lansing, Michigan. I think it's a $50 entry fee. Uh, it sounds like a pretty cool event. That's badass. Well, down here in uh, Texas, uh, July 23rd, there is going to be Golar's 222nd gaming event. It's going to be the Battle of 6319. The, uh, it's going to be at it's in San Antonio. It's 2,500 points. Most of us are actually going to be going there. Uh, it's at Dragon Layers in Dragon Layer Dragon's Lair in San Antonio. Um, it's forty dollar entry. I know it's also free. Just if you want to go check it out and like watch some Horus Heresy players, it's a two day event. It's the twenty third and the twenty fourth. Um, I mean, man, we are looking forward to going there. It, one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting about it is they do set it up with a like a, a code of uh, like they define your army by whack fac or something else or another. So I'm kind of interested in seeing how that's going to work out. I'm kind of interested in seeing how yeah, it's whack. Win at all cost. HFCP, hard fought competitive play, and FAC, fun at all cost, are welcome at our event and will be strive to achieve. Oh, okay. So they're just saying all styles of play. They're not actually going to sort it out. So I don't know why you wouldn't, like, if you're going to take, if you're allowed. Okay. Anyway. So yeah. So that is the Horus Heresy event. Um, we are going to that. And the week after that, the direct week after that, which I'm also going to try and make. I can't guarantee it, though, because. Two weekends of out of town heresy is not good for my other social life, um, but I am definitely going to be trying. Uh, this one's going to be more towards the Dallas area, and it's going to be the Tavalis Tavalis Prime. I'm guessing it's Vallis Prime. Uh, T Vallis, remember yeah, it's a rapper's name. T T Vallis, Mister T Vallis. Uh, it's a Horus Heresy 30K narrative event. It's a $10 entry fee. Uh, it's going to be at the Texas Toy Soldier. Uh, this is July 30th. Uh, pretty much same same exact thing. It's 2,500 points. Uh, $10 registration, free at the door if you just want to come check it out. Uh, but it looks like they already have a pretty good turnout. I believe the guys over at the Baby Seals Club are the ones putting it on. Uh, are those gay bars? The Texas Toy Soldier and the Baby Seal, that just sounds like gay bars, dude. No, dude. Actually, the Baby Seals Club, man, I... Oh, dude, I think I have their card. Hold on. Their card is so funny, man. Like, hold on. I gotta find it. But yeah, it's uh, they're called the Baby Seals Club, and if you think about it, what is a Baby Seal Club? No, I know what, I know what they're referencing in gaming, because it's like... It's ba- you call baby seals the players that are new or whatever, and you're the experienced player, and you go in and you club baby seals. You're you're smashing these new players and ruining their day. So I get what the like what they're saying. I get it. Oh man, their card is so funny. Like yeah, there it is. Look at this. I don't know if you can see that. So they have a it's a baby seal with a spiked World War One German. Uh, Helmet and a spiked baseball bat. <laughs> the Baby Seals Club. So funny, dude. When they gave me this card, I was cracking <laughs> up. I was like, oh, oh my. That's... And it looks like it's it's like drawn in like Archer style animation. <laughs> it's so funny. He's got a club. Oh. Anyway, so yeah, Baby Seals Club. Uh, that is going to be the T Vallis Prime Part One, and it's actually going to be a Horus Heresy event, narrative event. Looks like there's already. 13 people going, 20 interested, so it's going to be a pretty good turnout over there. Uh, 
So looking forward to that. Looking looking forward to getting up there. Uh, of course, there's the Scandish Dreadnought Challenge. We already touched base on that. Uh, if you want to enter that, just go check out the Varangian Heresy podcast and check out their Facebook page. They have the the kind of, I guess, a primer posted up on what you need to do in order to enter that. The email that you would send your information into uh, is going to be... I had it pulled up. Oh, the Varangian Heresy at gmail.com. So just uh, send in your blank dreadnought before you start converting it and let them know that you know it's on the way. And like we said, guys, it is very simple to get into. Only Games Workshop plastic kits, Forge World Mark IV ironclads, and normal Forge World ironclads, or normal Forge World Mark IV uh, dreadnoughts are allowed. You cannot use the Legion-specific ones. They're pretty adamant about that. So pretty, pretty simple on that one, guys. Uh, and then, of course, there is the event that is going on until October that is going to be the Heresy Against Muscular Dystrophy. Uh, that's going to be Freddy the Swede's uh, uh, raffle for a Warlord Titan painted up by the guys over at Scattershot Painting. Um, if you go to the website heresyagainstmd.com, uh, you can donate $35 to the uh, to research for the fight against Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Uh, that's actually put on by Freddie the Swede. For every $35 that you donate, you will earn a ticket into a raffle for a Warlord uh, Warlord Titan painted by Pro painted by Scattershot Painting. If you haven't seen the work they do, uh, you can go to our, our YouTube channel, warhammer30k.com, look up the video for Janus, uh, and it will show you what they can do in nine hours. They actually painted it for us at Adepticon, and they overnight overhauled this uh, Warlord Titan in nine hours and completely painted it to above tabletop standard beautiful beautiful standard so these guys are top notch on their painting and you have a chance to win an entire warlord titan painted by them for a possibility with your with your 35 dollar donation to the uh, research of deshane muscular dystrophy and i mean like karma wise it's got to be like really good to just do that in the first place so i feel like maybe maybe chris birch will come up with like a cloning machine and maybe everybody will just get a warlord. I don't know. <laughs> I, I doubt it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you don't win, you're still giving money to a good cause, so you should do it. Yeah. So and that, then you can even tell yourself, "I'm just doing this to give them money. I don't even care if I win." But in the back of your head, you're thinking, "Oh, it'd be so awesome if I won." <laughs> Which is really what everybody does. We get yeah. it. We get, we get it. it. We admit it. We're not judging you. No judging. <laughs> So, absolutely, guys. That draw for the raffle is going to be done at the end of the Burning of Scandis Prime event uh, at the end of the 16th of October. Uh, uh, so, just letting y'all know, if you donate, make sure you write the word raffle in the message, and that way they can know that you entered into the raffle and you want to win the Warlord. So, there is one more event that I need to shout out. And that is going to be for the Swedes, man. Do you have anything else? Do y'all have anything else going up uh, up north? No. Nope. 
it's game night tonight. If anybody can make it here to Indiana in a couple hours, you can play with us. <laughs> Just uh, go really fast. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is actually going to be the scouring of Sindidius, Sid Sidneyas primary, a horse heresy national events. Uh, this is going to be at the Games Cube in Parramatta, New South Wales. So, New South Wales is in Australia, right? Yeah, I guess. I thought you said Sweden. I th- I thought it was Sweden. Until you're gonna really you're gonna send somebody to the wrong. That's the <laughs> wrong part of the globe, man. You can't do that. You can't be like it's in. Well, I wasn't I wasn't sure if it's Andrew- in Austin, Germany. What? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure New South Wales is Australia. I wasn't sure if it was Andrew who threw it up or the Swedes, and then I just looked. I saw Andrew do it, threw it up. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. It's in not Sweden at all. <laughs> so yeah, so this is this is by Andrew. So scouring of Sydney's primary, the Sydney leg of Aus Thirty K is throwing yep. this uh, throwing this together. So uh, that looks like it's going to be fifty dollars to get in there. Um, yeah, looks like. Uh, I'm guessing this is also going to be 2,500 points. Looks like there's already a lot of people signed up and a lot of people going already. So it looks like it is a 30-strong event already out the gate. So if you're in the Sydney area and you're looking for a badass time, damn, dude, that's a lot of people, then go check dude, out Dude, Australia, the, their scene seems out of control, man. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do here. Yep. So the scouring of Sydney-us. Well, see, now that I know it's Sydney, it makes more sense that it's Sydney-us. Like, I can yeah. say it better. Like, it's spelled all weird to me until I, I realize. Yeah, Sydney's Primary, a Horace Heresy National event. So that's going to be October 8th, and it's going to be at the Games Cube. That looks like a really good time to go to. Uh, other than that, check out the other podcasts that we, uh, we're we with. Uh, if you actually listen to, uh, make sure you guys check out the Eye of Horse podcast, of course. Uh, that's going to be Michael and Tim. I think on their most uh, recent episode here, uh, they were dis- what were they discussing? I'm trying to remember. They did Emperor's Children the last time, and then on this new, they just released one. I think last night. Um, um, I haven't listened to the one last night. Yeah, so I, I didn't. I just read the description, but the the last one that they did was uh, they went over the Emperor, the new updated Emperor's Children stuff. So check out the Eye of Horus guys. Also check out the Varangian Heresy uh, as well. Uh, there's also the Northern Heresy, the Age of Darkness podcast, of course, the CZ Initiative podcast, and the Wolfkin podcast, guys. There's so many 30K podcasts out there. If you want to catch them all, you can just go to warhammerpodcast.com. They're all posted up on there. We all just throw our stuff on there, so that way you have tons of listening potential and just, you know, just get them all in one place. But, uh, man, that is all I have for this episode. Uh, you have anything else, Ryan? You got anything else you want to throw in there? Some words of wisdom, maybe? Um, I'm not very wise, so I don't really have any words. Sorry. Uh, so my buddy Sam, every time I would leave and like leave his house, he would always yeah. say, "Hey, bud, you have a good one. Don't run naked backwards in a cornfield." And so there you go. There's some information. Yeah. Hey, if you didn't know that before, now you do. Okay. Everybody out there, don't run backwards naked in a cornfield. Don't don't argue with women. You can never win. Even if you're 100% right, you don't win. So just don't do it. <laughs> there you go. There's wisdom. Sit on I'm that. married. Trust me. <laughs> Sit on that. Let it stew, guys.
The elevator opens for no one And plans are making me I'm paralyzing to you And plans are making me And plans are making me Everyone looks like everyone Just like snowflakes were already melt Just too busy to accept it Everyone Passing days just like buttons This one time this friend of mine No way that was me No way that was me The elevator opens for no one It's talent's alright Just like birds.